Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, this is Jenna Irby, also known as Esthetician Jenna. I am owner of Skin Fit Aesthetics. I am also the co-host of the Charm School podcast. And in my own business, I use Schedulicity. And the reason I love Schedulicity is because it is so convenient for my clients. The platform and the website is so user-friendly. People can go on there anytime, day or night, when they're off of work, they're unwinding, they're finally in their bed at 8 p.m., ready to schedule their facial service when in traditional work hours, a receptionist would not be there. And they can just pop on the website, drink their cocktail, glass of wine while they're watching their favorite TV show and conveniently book their service with me. So that's why I love Schedulicity is just the convenience that it gives myself as well as my clients. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Just sitting with my bud, Tony. What's up, Tony? Hey, man. Uh, so excited for the interview today. We're interviewing uh, Gino Stampora, and I can really, really say he was the first, when I was in hair school, he was the first guy that got me so excited for my new career. I mean, it. He. this is what, 25, 26 years ago? Shh. We don't talk about those. Uh, but, you know, every time I hear his name, I go back to that, that first day. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And, and just fall in love with the industry all over again. I mean, on that note, uh, I fall in love with Gino every time that we talk to him or that we hear him talking, you know. Absolutely. You know, and I think yeah. everybody does. I mean, I think that that's why we've known him for, you know, 25 years or so. Um, but, you know, what, speaking, about, um, speaking about hair school, um, we want to give a big thank you out, uh, to Sharon and Charles. Um, they own the uh, Paul Mitchell Temple in Frederick, Maryland. And um, they actually had us in. So we're actually sitting in the middle of a school. I don't think I've been back to a school in 25 years. <laughs> into, uh, our school's closed. Yeah. <laughs> our school's not even around. <laughs> <anymore>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they closed a couple years ago. But, you know, um, I, I'm going to say this. If, 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 if you're listening, you're ever in Frederick, Maryland, you've got to stop by. This place is amazing. Oh, it's beautiful. It really is. But enough about you and I. <laughs> you want to get, get into it? Yeah, let's get into what we right. really came here for. <laughs> exactly. So we really came here for Gino. So, um, Mr. Gino Stampore, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Well, thank you very much. It's such a pleasure to be here. And it's so cool, like you said, to be here at the temple and, and see all the kids just outside the window doing shampoos and sets and haircuts. And thank you. I'm, I'm delighted. Uh, it's pretty amazing, man. I, I like the energy, right? Yeah. It's funny. When we started this podcast... Uh, you were always on our hit list, you know, and it's just, you know, a matter of time to, to get it to work. But I mean, when we created our first list, your name was on it because, you know, you definitely uh, had a huge impact in, in my career and, and, you know, in Corey's career, just you know, we want to thank you so much for doing so much for our industry. Well, thank Absolutely. you. And, you know, it, it's uh it's love and when you really have that love for the industry and you learn how to keep that love alive i think so many people don't realize that you have to rekindle love you know it if you're not careful things get old you can let it get old and i've had a love affair with this industry since the day i stepped into beauty school oh well let's get into it man so uh i know like again gene i know that you've been kind of in and out of our life you know um and and you know for those that don't know, we're in the DMV or the the, the, the Virginia, Maryland, D.C. area. Um, so let's get into that. Like, where'd you grow up and, and how'd you get into the industry? Well, I grew up in Jersey, uh, on the Jersey Shore. And 
I happened to be uh, just got discharged from the army looking for what I was going to do next. And I decided to go to beauty school and just get my hair cut because the place was filled with girls. Right. And it's such a great story. I went in to get my hair cut and the admissions director, his name was Bill Kennedy, walked by and he said, thank you so much for coming in. We don't get young people that often. I said, oh, it's my pleasure. It's really great to be here. He said, what's your name? And I said, Gino. And he's walking away and he turns around and he goes, did you say Gino? I said, yes. He goes, you could be a success in the beauty industry. And I was like, what? He goes, with a name like Gino, you could be a success in the beauty industry. And I don't know what happened, but driving home, all I kept hearing, I had a half hour drive home. All I kept hearing was Bill Kennedy saying, you could be a success in the beauty <laughs> So I called to see if I could get the, my, my VA to, to pay for me to go to beauty school and ended up two weeks later in beauty school. You're in beauty school? Yeah. That's amazing. So th- was that on the Jersey Shore? Yeah. That, that, that the school was? Wilfred Beauty Academy in Tom's River, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. We never forget our first. No, they've been closed forever. I don't even think the company exists anymore. But it was such a wonderful experience. Have you, uh, um, have you been uh, in touch with Bill Kennedy? I was for many years, and actually I spoke for the International Hair Color Exchange about 15 years ago in Washington, D.C., and I told that story, and I said, this handsome man, Bill Kennedy, and I'm talking about it, and all of a sudden, a guy like in the 30th row stood up and said, he's not lying, I'm Bill Kennedy, (laughs) (laughs) and there he was. Oh, my God. (laughs) Honest to God. That that would have thrown me off. Like, could you continue (laughs) Like, oh, it was great. Uh, obviously, he had great insight because, <laughs> oh, very much so, very much so. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm getting ready to speak here at the temple at 11 to the students, and the first thing I try to tell them is, you know what? It, if you allow it to happen, beauty school is a life changing event. I mean, it rocked my world. Right. Just being there, I talked to one of my instructors for years and years and years after beauty school because she really led me to believe that I could be somebody, that I could do something in the industry. And you guys know. And most people that are maybe on this podcast that know me know that I've never been a good hairdresser, right. <laughs> you know, but I've always been a nice guy. And if you're nice enough, that they, they let you work on them, you know. Uh, right. Well, the industry's changed so much from from you know even from when we were in beauty school and and when you're in beauty school, were your were your parents you know okay with it? I mean, you were in the military, and then I mean, was your your mom and dad okay with with you being a hairdresser? My dad was gone uh, by that time. My mom was scared uh she was kind of like what are you doing what is this gonna do and then she passed so it was really more my sisters but they were very curious never bad words but it was a time where uh beauty school was someplace you went when you had no place else to go there was nothing about having a great career or a great income or a great future it was just the beginning of of beauty really coming about to where you could really make a decent income and also i got some flack from some people but i really had a lot of support from most people about you know get out there and see what you can make happen oh that's great yeah because the stigma of hairdressers you know back in the day were, were horrible and you know people like you and and a lot of others that really you know helped change that you know what i mean because this industry has saved we say this all the time on the podcast it saved so many people i mean not only us but i mean a lot of our guests have done that right a lot of our guests have been like you know it, it, the, the words with this industry that it, it found me yeah or it saved me i mean i, I certainly know for tony and i that um that it saved us man you know like oh. we, we were we were not going anywhere quickly i'm know? right there with you i i have no idea what would have become of me had I not fallen in beauty school. And I can tell you, it probably took 10 years or so before all of a sudden I looked at myself and thought, this is who you are. This is what you were meant to do. You were so lucky to fall into it, but I am a hairdresser in my heart of hearts. I mean, we were just on vacation and my son wanted to go hiking or do something. I said, I don't do that stuff. <laughs> you, you go hiking. I'll go find a salon. He was right. like, really? I said, I'll go see my people, smell the developer, you right. know, have a good time, <laughs> see what they're up to. Yeah, you know? Paint, paint with the yeah, color. Yeah. Well, you, know, you know, that joke used to be, I'll go and smell the perm, but you don't ever smell perm. No, not anymore. anymore. Yeah, you, never, no. you never see, yeah. you never walk in a salon and go, oh, I'm in a salon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although they say they're coming back. I've been saying that my whole career. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So did did the VA pay for the school? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah. So they paid it in full or um, did you have to put in some? Yeah. No, no. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It made the Army worthwhile, I can tell you that. (laughs) What'd you do, four years? Uh, Two. 
too. Yeah. Where, where were you yeah. stationed? Fort Dix, primarily. And that uh-huh. was in Jersey, so it wasn't too far from home. So I had a great time in the Army. I mean, it was really good. I was in Fort Benning for a little while. It was really a, a nice run. I enjoyed it. And I love being around people, so I love the camaraderie. And I actually just saw a guy this morning over at Starbucks before we got in here. And I said to him, boy, you are a spitting image of a guy that I was in basic training with that I never forgot. I can still see his face. And, you know, you, you make... When you have those fearful times, you make great relationships with people that you never forget. Right. You know, when you're kind of all scared together. Like that first month in beauty school when everybody's like, gosh, am I going to make it? And what am I going to be? And, you know, mm-hmm. am I really going to? And I started seeing people that were so talented. And I thought, gosh, I'm not talented. And my instructor said, well, talent is very overrated. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not talent that you need. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. Keep feeding me that stuff, you know. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and then to get to where we are now, to get to the to DMV, I had a high school friend who lived here in Virginia who had a hair salon who got sick, and they couldn't figure out exactly what was wrong with her, and she was having a tough time. And she said to me, "If you want to come down to Virginia, you, you come and help me out. I'm having a tough time right now." I came down to help her out and fell in love with Virginia and never left. Been there ever since. I've all, all of my businesses have been there, and, mm-hmm. and I've always felt like uh, it's interesting in Virginia. Most of the regular Virginians talk slow. Coming from Jersey, we talk real fast, and I think they thought I was smart because I talked so fast. So I thought I've got them all fooled. I'm not going to leave. You know, right. I'm going to stay here and make this happen. That's been Gino's facade for 40 years. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just keep talking. Just Never keep stop. Talking. <laughs> Never slow down. Never Absolutely. slow down. Absolutely. So you came here as a hairdresser uh, to Virginia, and. Uh, as an invite or you just as a visit? I mean, how a little bit of both, a little bit of both, Tony. Invite and a visit, and uh, and then I really fell into it. I loved the people I was working with. I loved the people I was working for. In no time, I was one of the busiest people in the salon, and in a short period of time, I was the busiest person. And they all laughed because you know, in the beginning, I only did one haircut. I learned the bi-level in beauty school. So I did the bi-level all day long in the salon. And when we'd have a meeting in the break room, they'd say, how do you do this? You do one haircut. And I said, hey, I make it work for me. I stay on time. I could never let my 1 o'clock see my 2 o'clock see my 2.30 see because they all look the same. And I used to have this nightmare that there'd be a party in Washington. And all of my clients would go, and they'd go, hey, Gino. Yeah, Gino. Yeah, Gino. They'd all look the same. You know? Oh, that is fantastic. Oh True gosh. story. That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, like Tony was thanking you earlier, um, there's something that you said, uh, again, I, I must have been in hair school at the time, and you said that, um, and I literally think about this all the time, and, and, and what you said was, um, I remember my first $700 day. And, what, and when you said that, that made my goal a $700 day. Oh, how cool. And to this day, if, if once I break $700, you're always on mine. How nice and it's not is like, that? It's not like at the front of my brain, yeah. necessarily, but yeah. it's always like it's $700. There. It's $700 is like, that, that to me, it's changed a few, but, but at, at that point I was like, you know what? I, I had a pretty good day because Gino said it was a seven hundred dollar day. Yeah, and that, that, that's yeah. that's an honest story. Still, every day. Every and day. for and for me, it was if I had a seven hundred dollar day with my commission, not including tips, I surpassed what I remembered my dad making when he was alive. So and that was, was like, yours. Yeah, and I was like, wow, I've made it. You know, I'm surpassing my father. I'm sur- I'm I'm living up to the dream and advancing the you know the family name. You know? <laughs> That's yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. You gave me that. You gave me that from your dad. How great is that? So so thank wow. you, Dad. Thank you. Horror. Yes, indeed. That's pretty. That's pretty uh, cool. So go ahead. Yeah. So so when did you know? Because uh, obviously now you're in Virginia. Now you're the top hairstyles uh, with you know one haircut in your pocket. What did you think? Or what did you feel that was next on your list? It's so hard to explain. And I I get that question a lot of times. What was it that changed you or moved you or what put you in a position where maybe you'd be an educator or think about doing something more in the future? I never really did. I never thought about it. I always thought, stay on the path, follow the path. Don't try to swim upstream, flow, go with the flow, see where it takes you. And kind of having that faith in, if you can just provide value, whether it's to your coworkers, to your students, to, 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 to anyone, if you can just provide value to your customers, they'll move you along. 
And I really had the greatest customer base in the world. I mean, they were, they became wonderful friends. I had some that taught me how to make money. I had some that taught me how to be nice. I had some that taught me how to drive well. You know, there was so much to learn from your customers. I really just followed the path. The only good part was I've always had a thing about, and I talk about it all the time, I've always had a thing about everyone gives 100%. But not everyone can develop the habit of giving 100% 100% of the time. Mm. And that's what I started to do inside the salon. When I went to work, I went to work to go to work, left my life, my family, my problems behind. And I became a high numbers, a high profile hairdresser. And I sold a lot of product. We, we were number one with many product companies over the years. So that sort of brings attention to you. And then I'd get people that would say, why don't you become an educator? And I'm like, you have to understand, I'm not a natural born speaker. If you talk to any one of my employees at Flashback, when we had meetings, I would talk through the mirror because I couldn't look at them face to face. Really? And th they were just there last year at the Mid-Atlantic show. And a couple of them said to me, can you believe what you've become? And I said, well, it, it's not just that. It's that when you face your fears and you, and you fight with them and you overcome them, you realize that, that they're whole, so much bigger in your head than they really are in life. Right. And I went to Dale Carnegie, and I went to Toastmasters, and Toastmasters was hysterical. I went to Toastmasters in Fairfax. When the guy said, you're going to speak next week, I quit. I said, I'm what? not going and, and then I went back a couple months later to a different one. Right. And they said, well, you're going to speak next week. I quit that one. Finally, on the third one, when they said, you're going to speak, I said, I'm going to do this. And I stayed. It was a five-minute presentation, and it was horrible. But afterwards, it got easier and easier. And then I realized that I had so much to share with my fellow hairdressers and, and salon owners on, on leadership and on being happy and on making money and, and on learning how to sell and, and how to build a clientele and how to meet people. And one thing I've always done well is I love beauty so much. If I meet a bartender or a waiter or a waitress that really do a great job, the first thing I'm talking about is, listen, you're only 20 minutes from the Temple Academy. Let's go sign you up. Go to beauty school. Get your license. You could be a success. Wow. And it, it makes it, when you've got that love and that passion, it makes it so easy to sell. So have, have you ever come to the Temple and you saw that person and... <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. But I have gone. He said to, it was at a bar. I, <laughs> I have right. gone to other places and seen that person. And I actually was. I spoke at uh, Salon Visage for Frank Ambuza, which I think is one of the best-run companies in the world. And uh, Frank and Belinda are, are two of the greatest hairdressers and greatest people. And I was delayed because in front of me was a cowboy, and he's going through security, and he's got a metal belt on and metal bracelets and stirrups and everything but a gun and I said to him you're never going to make it through security with all that metal on you have to take it off <laughs> so he started taking some off but he went through security he set it off and then he said to everybody you guys act like I have a gun and it shut the whole place down and we were wow. delayed till the next morning Oh my so uh, we thought we were going to be delayed for a couple hours. So I went over to TGI Fridays and a, a young girl come over to start taking care of me. And I said, listen, I'm going to be delayed for a while. Give me a corner and just let me sit and relax. And I need a plug and I can charge my phone. And I'm over there and she's bringing me some food and she's talking to me and I'm talking to her. And you know how we are as hairdressers. Instantly, I felt a special connection right. yeah, yeah. and I said to her forgive me uh, how old are you she said I'm 32 I said I, I thought you were about there I said and is this what you do full time she said oh no 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 I'm going to be an architect and I said oh I said but I sense you might have a child or two she said I have two children I'm a single mom how often do you go to school she said I go three nights a week I said it's going to take you 50 years to be an architect <laughs> I know Adam at the Tennessee School of Beauty. Let's call him right now, sign you up in beauty school, and, and in a year you have a license. Well, we went through the whole thing of I'm scared, I'm not talented. Make a long story boring. She signs up, she goes to beauty school. Two years later, I'm speaking at Frank's, and I said, who's the number one retailer in your salon? Get out of here. She raises her hand, she goes, it's me, do you remember me? And I was like, no. She said, <laughs> Amanda, the waitress at TGI Fridays. I was like, how do you explain that? Dude, you gave her a wow. wife. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's changing somebody's life. Oh, it's one of many. Life. You know, it's it's right. kind of what we do, but it's it's one of many. Before we get ahead, though. hairs on the back of my neck. Stood up. Hair, right? Yeah. I, I got love it. Too. I, I want to slow down a little bit because, um, you know, you went from um, education. I'm just kind of curious, and I actually asked Jen Plank this, like, like where does that, 
I want to say moxie or balls or 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 conceit even like like where what what goes in your brain to where you go I have something to share and I'm going to share it like like how do you not get stuck up and like does anybody want to hear me or does anyone want to hear was what, what, was it was there a moment or what, did you kind of transition into that I think you you always have that I think you always have that fear I think you always have that am I worthy of being on the stage do I really have something to say and I think you're always going to have someone in the audience that's going to look and go he's full of crap or what is it does he really know what he's talking about or mm-hmm. but even the first or second time you speak you, you you connect with someone who's got wide eyes looking at you learning from you and and all of a sudden you build this wow I can move a person I can move a person in my industry to, to, to do better, to make more, to, to be better, to, to fall back in love with what they do. Then you've got the bug. It's like, wow, if I saw 10 and moved one, what if I could see 100 and maybe move 10? You know, what if I could see 1,000 and really move the room? And, and I've always had, uh, daily, never without it, a deep passion for who we are and what we do. I, not only do I love our industry, I think the greatest people in the world are, are in our industry. And I've always felt that people lose sight of the fact that, that that a little beauty salon on Main Street in a tiny little town performs miracles on, on people, Ma- gives people the added confidence of knowing they look their best and really makes people have a sense of self-worth and self-esteem that, that they didn't have before. So I kind of think what we are is magical. And mm-hmm. I hope I answered your question, but that's kind of how it started. And then it's been just straight uphill from there. I mean, I just finished my last show with uh, with Cosmoprof in Charlotte last night. And uh, one of my little assistants to drive me back to the airport. And she <laughs> said, are you tired? And I said, I'm exhausted. I was pecked on by 600 people for the last <laughs> two hours. You know, I said, yeah, I said, I probably, if I closed my eyes, I could fall asleep. But I said, look at the people that, that, that came up to us with tears in their eyes and said, thank you so much for the information and the ideas and, and the thoughts and the process. So education becomes, it's like a, it's like a virus, like a fever. Then I started to read. And I thought, boy, if I could just start reading more, reading more books, going going to more seminars, learning from the other people around me, talking to people like Michael Cole and Sam Bricado and Paul Mitchell, and how did you do it, and where do you get your passion, and where do you find your drive, and then start bringing that back to our industry, because... Our industry, when they leave beauty school, and you know you've both been there, you go into a salon. If you're not careful, it just becomes my own behind-the-chair business, and I lose sight of what's really happening out there. I lose sight of the power of the industry. And my big thing that I say to them is the minute you lose power uh, of the industry, you've lost power in yourself. In, in your connection, in keeping your clientele. So I, I guess, did that answer your question? <laughs> in a roundabout way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, with, with the podcast, you know, we, we've talked to many people, and, and I think where, where our podcast lives is um, what happens, like, like everybody in the industry starts off as the janitor, right? As the proverbial right. janitor. You know, right. they're, they're folding towels, they're, they're mopping floors, they're sweeping hair, they're cleaning toilets. Um, and then from there, we graduate to two feet behind our client's head, right? Right. And, and I think where our podcast lives is what happens then. You know, like 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 the, the the people that we've talked to that you know most of them have been very successful in our industry. Like like what happened at that moment, and how did they take two feet behind the client's head to you know something greater? And and not necessarily your story, but but are there stories that um that you can kind of pinpoint are there times that you or people that you can kind of pinpoint to be like they did this because sometimes it's easier to see it in other people and what they did than it is to see it in yourself yeah like do you have any stories about that does that make sense it does make sense and 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 i get asked it a lot and i don't know that i have the specific answer for myself but certainly uh i was mentored and led by you know uh, paul mitchell and gene braun sam bricado had such a tremendous influence on me because his passion for the industry it is is so vast and he just loved he loved being a hairdresser when i met him i looked at him and thought he loves being a hairdresser way more than i love being a hairdresser and he makes way more money than me and maybe if <laughs> i could love it as much as he did i'd make as much money as he did and i'm gonna figure out a way to do that but i think what it becomes is you you start that cycle Corey, and then and then it's like i want to give more i want to give back more then i want to be a better example then i want to really clean things up and be a great example then i want to start speaking to larger audiences then i want to read and study and learn right. and grow and and bring it to them but i think most people could tell you that 
My biggest change would have to be the day that I looked in the mirror and said, this is who you are. This is why you were put on earth. This is what you were meant to be. Not just or necessarily a hairdresser, but the guy that goes around the world and spreads the magic to people that forgot they had it. And then gets them to understand they do have it, that there's greatness within everyone. And that if you're not seeing that greatness, you're not working on really getting that greatness out, you know. And that would, I'd say, be my biggest change was then all of And that was probably 30 years ago or close to it that I realized this is what I'm put on earth for. Wow. So, so I mean, you, you literally discovered your purpose. Yeah, very much so. And then realized how many people I knew didn't. And how many people I knew that maybe I could help to, to see that when you have a purpose in life, your whole life changes. Everything about you changes, you know? I have a few questions around that. Certainly. Like, what, what led up to that? Like, like do, you, do, you, do you remember kind of like, there is no change without pain, yes. right? Period. Yeah. You know, so, so, you know, what was going on in your life or what happened when, when at that moment you were like, this is my purpose? I'm not necessarily even saying that it's pain, but, but there was pain along the way, I'm sure. Of course. You know, so, so what... what what happened to where, like, in that moment, like, you committed that this is my purpose? Well, I grew up very poor. I had no brothers. I had five sisters. So I was committed to, and it took a long time. It took maybe to 30, probably until I was 30 years old, I thought I knew everything. And then all of a sudden, there was the influence from, from people, even from, from my clients that would say certain things that began to resonate with me in a different way. Uh, I never graduated high school, so I never really thought I was smart. And I would have really smart clients say to me, you're so smart. You know, how much do you read? And I'm like, well, I don't read. Well, you should start reading. You know, you're so smart. And I, I, all of a sudden, you know, it's almost like my beauty school instructor leaned over to me one day and she said, you don't know this, Gino, but you're going to be my star. You don't know this, but you're going to come back here and you're going to teach these people. She said, I see it. You have greatness. And she said, you know something? You don't have faith in you. And I do. So I want you to borrow my faith in you until you get your own. And then it happened again a couple years later. The same person said, another person said the same thing. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Maybe there, let me search. Maybe there is something there. And yes, there's, there's pain. There's pain because you, you sometimes have to get to a point where you're so fed up with how you're living your life and who you're fooling and how you're fooling you that 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 not necessarily being so down and out but that when you really start to hate where you are you really start to move harder to get out of your comfort zone and and, and grow further you know you follow yeah so i think that th there's even pain now there's the pain of am i doing it well am i doing it right am i being well received am i delivering a a good message you know is there something more i could do or say how much time is left how many people will i see i don't think the pain ever goes away i think you just learn how to use the pain beneficially and not suffer I, I want to suffer the pain of equity and not the right. pain of regret. You follow? Mm. That, yeah, you that, ain't kidding. Yeah. I mean, that's church. Like, yeah, exactly. That's like tombstoneable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's pretty amazing. So um, I guess, again, like, how do you share that purpose? Or how do you, how do you kind of like, how do we, not, not Gino necessarily, but how as, as people in this industry or, or anywhere... Like you mean do, find your purpose? Yeah, like how, how do we, how do how does one guide one to purpose, or or, or is it kind of like you need to you need to you need to be at your bottom to surrender to it? You know, like you know, like yeah, I mean, we we just did sober October. You know, is, is that the story? You know, do you do you have to kind of feel it yourself, or because I, I certainly know like you know you you sit back and you kind of watch people and and not again not in the industry, just generally speaking, you watch people, but in the industry because that's who we're closest to. You know, like. Yeah, that person's going to be special, but you know, there, there's this weird zone that they're in. Yeah, you know absolutely, I mean? so. absolutely. You know, uh, I just finished uh, my last seminar uh, yesterday in, in Charlotte. The audience was one really wonderful. I mean, we had a few hundred people, and one of my greatest uh, mentor speakers was a man named Jim Rowan, who died a few years ago. But Jim Rowan was magical in the way that he could make things clear to others, and. I was talking to my assistant, Tracy Robinson, and then we have a new little assistant that I met at Beacon, Fallon Miralt. And Fallon is 20. Uh, Tracy's in her 40s. And uh, I was sharing with them, and I said, you know what? Just remember, 
even though we have a full room, there's going to be some people here that we won't be able to move, we won't be able to touch. There's going to be some people here that are so full of themselves that they won't be able to listen to what we're trying to say. And I use as my disclaimer when I get on stage, listen, some of you, God can't move. Right. You know, I'm going to give you all I got, but I'm not God. I'm not going to try to compete with that. <laughs> so when you talk about the sharing of that passion, you have to look for those that are ready, you know, those that are in need, those that are really going to grab on and realize that you're never going to get everybody to say yes. You're never going to get everybody to say, wow, that was wonderful. But if you search for that that 10 or 15, you know, the, the, the emails from people that say, thank you so much, I needed to hear that today, or you led me in it. People don't realize the value of hope. There's an old saying that says, when there's hope in the, in, the, in the future, there's power in the present. Whoa. And what I try to do more than anything is show them that it's irregardless what you've been through. That at some point, uh, I don't know if, if you get an opportunity, you should, but my old friend Doug Cox if Love you Doug. if you get a chance and you haven't podcasted him, you should. But I remember one time meeting with Doug, and I met with Doug because I had an employee that quit, and it was the only employee I ever had to quit quit on me, and she wanted to have an exit interview, and I didn't even know what an exit interview was. <laughs> so we have an exit interview, and she says, "You know, you're a great guy, and blah blah blah, but you got to stop doing this, and you shouldn't do that." And she hands me a vinyl thirty three and a third album called "The Challenge of Success" by Doug Cox, and I said to her. I'm going to go home and listen to this tonight. I am, and I'm going to call you, and I don't know how to thank you for, for this time right now. You have no idea what you... She rocked my world. She made me realize that there's times we get comfortable, and when you get comfortable, you're falling behind. You're losing, and I had gotten so comfortable. I was making decent money. I was hitting those $700 days. Everything seemed to be flowing well, and I was getting a little too flimsy with what was happening. What I needed was somebody better to move right into town and sharpen me up, and that's what she did, and I listened to this album. I found this guy, Doug Cox, and called him up and said, you have to be my new next best friend. This thing is, is, is incredible. I'm going to get everybody to listen to it. And we started to talk, and I started to tell him, you know, I had a rough childhood. And he said, so what? I said, you know, I never did well in school. So what? And, you know, and after he said so what four or five times, I said, Doug, you're pissing me off. <laughs> Stop with the so what's. He goes, well. So what? So what? <laughs> At some point. You have to look at life and say, so what? What do I take now from who I am and what I have and what's inside me and make me better, make me more, make me leave behind what, what wasn't working and, and move into what could be working? I share that same thing with my audiences, and I, I try to tell people like Jim Rowan does. Yesterday when I finished, I said to everyone there, I really want to help you be the best you can be in beauty, and I want you to know that everything I talked about is easy to do. But you have to remember that whatever is easy to do is just as easy not to do. And that's your choice when you leave. I gave you books. You can go buy a book. Many of you will. Many of you will run up here and buy my CDs. Many of you won't. That's what makes us different in life, you know? Right? That's the truth. That is yeah. the truth. And that's and that. just that little bit of effort can make a huge difference in your path. Right? I mean... If you you take the, the the path of you know what I hear you, but I'm I hear you and you you know and then I hear you I'm gonna buy your CDs or I'm gonna buy your book or, or or whoever you're listening to and then you listen and over and over again you your life is completely different it changes and and down the road you'll you'll see the successes you know what I mean beyond comprehension in, in the sense of effort I mean because it's just just small efforts yeah. Know? Yes. I, I'm not sure who said it, but somebody said one time, which I bring right back to beauty. Somebody said, it probably was Jim Rowan. Jim Rowan said, failure is a few small mistakes done every day. And success is a few small disciplines done every day. And that's what I would constantly say to my staff and, and my companies and, and the people that I worked with was, look, giving 100% is okay. But giving 100%, 100% of the time will make you a master. You'll have a master career. So you're right exactly on what you're saying, that people don't realize sometimes that just those simple things really make a difference. And it doesn't have to be hard. And when, when you were saying, Corey, in, in looking for that purpose, people look for the, for the, for the, the Holy Grail. You'll get to the Holy Grail. Just look for a little star first. Yeah. You know, look for a piece. It's like it's like compounded interest, right? It's just little small investments every day, and then over time, 
They yes, add indeed. Up. They add yeah. up. yes, indeed. It kind of reminds me of, uh, of, of two things, right? And, and, and it's two quotes that I'll kind of mix together because I think it's relevant here. But um, like the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 Hours, right? Wonderful. And, 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 you know, the Ken Griffey Jr., like, like practice doesn't make perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. Right. You know, so, so what you're saying is take those 10,000 hours and practice perfect. Yes, yeah. Well, I don't know if you know the story, but uh, the 10,000 hours always associ- associates me to the Beatles. So those of you listening to the podcast that don't know the Beatles, they were a really great band, probably the most popular band in the world, four young, poor guys from England. However, the Beatles, when they first came to America and were going to play at Shea Stadium, they didn't even have speaker systems at Shea Stadium. They, they didn't know back then. There was never a concert like that. The However, first stadium, right? It was the first stadium yeah, show, Yeah, first right? stadium show. While they were there, Ed Sullivan came to meet them. And everybody, John and Paul wanted to see Ed Sullivan's studio. He was like, mm-hmm. I'd like to have you in. They, do you know this story? They went, no, to, no, no, no. they went to see the studio. And while they're talking to Ed Sullivan, George Harrison is up looking around at the stage. He comes back down. He goes, where do we plug in? And Ed was like, what? Paul, uh, George said, where do we plug our instruments in? And Ed Sullivan said, well, you don't plug your instruments in. You, you just put them on and you pretend. And And... George said, we don't know how to pretend. We've never lip sync. And they electrified Ed Sullivan's stage for the first time ever for the Beatles to come on and play live. Wow. Because they, they lived the 10,000-hour rule, and, and they knew. You, you follow. It almost reminds me of, and if you don't mind, if I can just carry on, my friend Frank Gambusa that I talked about earlier, we were up doing a show in Grand Rapids, and I said, Frank, I need a haircut. Give me a haircut. Well, let's go find a salon. You can cut my hair. We go to the salon. We found a salon that knew us, and they let us have a chair, and he was going to cut my hair. I said, you don't have to shampoo me. Just spray me and give me a quick haircut. He said, I don't do that. He said, I have to shampoo you really quick. I'll just give you a quick shampoo. Bring he gives me a quick shampoo. He goes, watch how I put the cape on. And he grabs the cape and snaps it. And when he snaps it, everybody looks. He said, see, now we have everyone's attention. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is becoming a lesson. <laughs> he puts the cape on, and he starts to comb through my hair. And he said, I'm going to put a little something on there, so comb through. I said, don't put anything on. I don't like anything on my hair. Gino, I, let me do, I only know one way. Let me do this my way. Then he wants to blow me dry. I said, please don't blow me dry. I don't blow dry. He said, that's how I check my haircut. He said, you have to understand. I know one way to do this. It's the only way I do it. Let me blow you dry. You can do whatever you want afterwards. And I left thinking. I actually associated that to George Harrison and the Beatles on that stage in that when you learn the right way and you know that you only know one way. That's the way you'll give that 100%, 100% of the time. I thought it was such a great story. Right. And everybody in the salon's kind of watching us, and I'm engrossed in Frank knowing exactly how he was going to do this process after process after process. It was spectacular. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. cool. Story, yeah. yeah, it was great. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, so, Gino, I guess you're... Uh I guess you can correct me too, but you know you're you're best known for um, for like financial advice and, and and how to like set up like uh, like one's career, you know, like starting early and stuff. Do you uh, can you give us any of that stuff that jargon? Sure, no problem. Uh, in the beginning, haphazard certainly was tough for me. I'd have to say that first ten years, I got stuck on that seven hundred dollar thing and never looked beyond it. You know, the first ten years was just kind of it's almost like getting to know you. But when you begin to understand and see the, the, the vastness of where your career path could take you, there, there's a few things that, that have to be like a prerequisite. You have to develop a belief in yourself. And you, you have to have the courage to change. And it really does take a lot of courage. Some people, it's easier just to, which I say all the time, the worst part about beauty really is it's not hard to do good. It's not hard to have a good life, a good career, a good income, a good clientele. The hard part is to be great. And there's such a big difference from good to great. But my friend Steve Cowan says all the time, you can't let good get in the way of great. And you have to be careful that you don't settle for good. So there has to be a want for, can I be the best me? Can I be the best at what I do? And then when you have that prerequisite, and you realize within all of us there's greatness. The key to life is to get that greatness out, is for you working on that greatness. One of the things I share with my children all the time is the most important question in the world is how can you enhance your life and career and make them more rewarding? 
Otherwise, life gets dull and boring. So it's your job. Make life rewarding. You know, make your career rewarding. I think once you have that foundation, your career path, all you have to do is get on it. And it'll take you there. You follow? Mm-hmm. The, the only other thing is to, to really have true respect for your comrades, your coworkers, your, your industry, the, the people around you, your guests and your clients. There's, there's people that are there to teach you. And if you if you'll listen, there's a small message sometimes that can that can rock your world. But I've never been one to really look at. Okay, I'm going to go here, and then I'm going to go here, and then I'm going to move here, and then I'm going to read this, and and really set up that. I've been more like if you really have faith in your foundation and faith in 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 your talents and skills and how to get them out, the path creates itself. You just follow the yellow brick road. Uh, I was going to ask you because you know most people are, are seeking. For contentment, right? And a lot of times, you know, contentment can be, you know, in the good area, right? And uh, they get complacent. And how do you not allow um, good to control? You know what I mean? A lot of people want to stay in there because it's safe, it's comfortable, it's, you know, complacent, right? So how do you not allow that to get in the way of greatness. I mean, I think the first question is like, how do you identify that you're, that you're only good? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the comfort zone. You know, they say when you're not making mistakes, you're not trying new things. When you're not trying new things, you're in your comfort zone. When you're in comfort zone, you're going to get bored. And most people don't realize that all growth comes outside the comfort zone. But you're right. That, that would be exactly where you would start. And I really have a thing about hunger. And I think some people lose their hunger for life, for excitement, for memories, for relationships, for friendships, for for greatness. And the minute you lose your hunger, you've lost your edge. Wow. You know, you lose your hunger, you lose your edge, you lose your passion. And you got to be hungry for, you know, it's so hard sometimes for people to focus on the fact that life is so short. I mean, I'm getting ready to talk to to, to 150, 21-year-olds. They think a year is this big. Right. When mm-hmm. you're 30, you realize it's this big. And when you're 40, it's this big. And when you're 50, mm-hmm. and when my, my son, my 35-year-old son just said something to me about, you're always so happy. I said, honey, I don't have enough days left in my life not to be happy. You know, mm-hmm. you got you to gotta take the day and make the day work. Right? Mm. That's preaching. Man, I, I'm so inspired, right? I'm so, as we're sitting here, I'm thinking, okay, all right. Shit, I got to get moving. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God, that's so true. It's so true. So you, you've touched almost, I mean, you know, a hairdresser, a salon owner, educator. Is there anything in the industry that you've, that you felt like you haven't accomplished or that you still have on your on your bucket list to accomplish? Not exactly, but what I've noticed uh, as the years have moved on is I'm actually working a little bit backwards and spending much more time with the students and the young people in the industry as I am where I used to be all the time with salon owners. I see it kind of reversing and I get more joy out of uh, the, the, the students and the young people and Beacon through the Professional Beauty Association. I've been 15 years as their facilitator and that's 300 phenomenal students. So I, I've never tried to do that and I don't know that I could think of uh, maybe if there's anything, honestly, I wish I was a better boss, a better leader in the beginning. I wish I could take many of the people I worked with early on and work with them now and say to them, you know what, I've, 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 I've cleaned up quite a bit and I've, I've straightened out quite a bit and I've got a lot more to offer now. I, I really don't regret, but I wish that early on I could have led my, my employees to a better place. I could have been maybe a better role model, a better example, give, be able to give, in, give them better information, a book to read. I wish we studied a little more. And we really, it was easy to get into that sort of comfort level of, wow, you know, we're, we're, we're doing all right. Uh, I hope that answered your question. Oh, 100%. Good. So, yeah. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of apology in that answer, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to, have you reached out to those people? Oh, sure. Or? Yeah. Yeah, and what were the, what are those conversations like? Uh, actually, it, it it it's 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 nice to hear the conversation because they never felt that way. 
uh, but I did. Now, when I look back, uh, they'll say, no, gosh, no, it was wonderful. We had so much fun. We always had a good time. It was, and and I, I know all that, and I agree, but I wish I could have moved them uh, like I moved me. You know, right. I wish they could have been there for the transition, and they could have gone through. Not Not that they were bad. They were... I've always had wonderful employees and great people around me, always. I mean, you know, you have to understand that, that there are some people that just it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think people are good and there's goodness in them. Uh, I don't regret it. I just, uh, if I could go back, I would have done differently. Right. You know, things I, of course, when you do look that way, it's like, I didn't have wisdom when I was 28. I was full of me. Yeah. <laughs> You know, no, so, 100%. Yeah. I like that. No wisdom in me. <laughs> yeah. No, no wisdom in me. <laughs> All right, uh, Gina, so uh, we, uh, we, we've kind of asked a couple people this, and, and, and I kind of I love the question. Um, what, um, like, within the industry, who's your Mount Rushmore? Like, who are your four people that, like, whether they're hairdressers or whether they're business people or, you know, four people that are in the industry, who, who's on your Mount Rushmore? Uh my good friend Sam Bricado. Uh, I love Sam, and I love what he's doing, and uh, I've learned so much from him. He, he's really done well. Uh, the CEO of Gene Juarez, my friend Scott Massad. Uh, I get a lot of strength from Scott. Uh, I'm going to be working with him next weekend, and, and I just mentioned to one of my assistants at the show, the reason I love working the most with Scott is I'm usually the guy that's giving. And when I'm with Scott, I'm learning. He's the wow. smartest man in the industry. So I spend a day with him. And, you know, we hairdressers sometimes don't realize just spending an hour together, we can really pick up a lot. We're, we're so very, we're so much more receptive than most, you know, and we can really pick up the vibes and the feelings. So, yeah, Scott, uh, certainly a Vidal Sassoon. I mean, you, you, you can't not talk about him and what he did for our industry and what a great and lovely man he was and outstanding representation of the beauty industry from the start of his life to the finish of his life he was always charming wonderful graceful and he was a great spokesman which which i tell people i i try to be a great spokesman for beauty i I want people to to, i want to meet people and have them say boy our our kids could go to beauty school our kids could do that you know and then fourth oh there would probably be a lot i don't know if i could put a fourth one in there it would be a bunch of people that i've had the opportunity to i mean we could stay there i think tony uh, correct me if i'm wrong i think I think it was Matt Sweeney, and Matt Sweeney said people don't understand or realize the um, the impact that Vidal Sassoon's had on our industry. And he says if you've ever picked up a blow dryer, that's Vidal Sassoon. Yeah. You know, before that, it was all like wet sets and stuff, yeah. right? And Vidal likes yeah. you know use like a use like a device. Yeah. You know. And then look at Paul Mitchell. When Paul came out, he said, "Let's put the blow dryer down and sculpt." And all of a sudden, the sculpting revolution. I mean, really, it's hard to say for because there's so many that yeah. that all did their little bits of things. And, and I've been so fortunate that I've had many of those people in my life that that did. That's remarkable. They didn't fill me. They just gave me a little tidbit. Gino, go do this. Gino, you should do that. Gino, you should read this. And I think it really, when I talk about Sam being the first one on there, it was Sam Bricado that that made me listen to the fact that these people care and they're telling me things that I should do something about instead of just saying, oh, yeah, okay, thanks a lot. I know it all. See you soon, you know. You mentioned a lot about reading. You you know, is there something that you would recommend for our listeners that would be uh, one of your top go-tos as far as uh, a book to read? Sure. You could always go to my website, genostampore.com, or go to uh, LinkedIn or Facebook or uh, uh Instagram and I have a lot of book reports and I have on my genostampore.com I have many book lists and I read a lot and most of my closest friends we read together and usually our first uh, question to each other is what are you reading right now you know what is there something you're reading that I should have that I should know so it's hard to give maybe one book to say to someone this is the book you should read I think uh uh, I love as a start, but the guy is a little bit weird, <laughs> is the book Think and Grow Rich, the old book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill was a wacko, but but his information, because he talks about talking to dead people and stuff like that, but his information is 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 priceless and incredible. And I think a lot of artists, a lot of hairdressers, beauty people don't realize that a good book, if it touches you, like you talked about Malcolm Gladwell, mm-hmm. I've read and advised The Tipping Point to a thousand 
people and, and thousands and I tell them I don't love the book but for a beauty professional 50 pages in that book are priceless learning how to connect how to communicate how to be sticky how to you know when I go to a party and I start to talk about beauty I've got 15 people around me where I'm talking about what products you should be using and how you should be taking care of your hair and and always trying to explain to them it's nothing more than you have the opportunity to look your very best and you should look your very best and that's what a great beauty professional could do for you so uh, I guess I could give you a series of books go to my website and look at my book lists and then what I tell people all the time and I'd love to share with all of your podcast members email me and if you email me I'll give you the first book and when you read it and you've read it a couple of times I'll give you the next book and, and we can go through a pattern of books of what's the next best book and the next best book I love oh, that. That's great. Yeah. 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 I want to like be a, a part of the yeah, I want to be a part of the book club. <laughs> it was a great idea. <laughs> You'll see that on my website tomorrow. The Gino Book Club. Yeah. Hey, hey, you better I'm give in. us you better give I'm us some in. credit though. Yeah. No doubt. You got it. You got it. That hair to your day off. Yeah. Subliminal. Subliminal. <laughs> that's awesome, Gino. I mean, I I don't even know I don't even know where to go next, really, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, you've just given so much to the industry, and, and you know, again, you've had a whole career. Th- that's the amazing part. Like, I mean, if we can just be a little transparent, um, like, I guess I'll speak for Tony and I again, this is that, you know, this podcast. Sound like my wife. She speaks for me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Um, I mean, listen, you know, we're, we're 25 years into our career before we decided to step out from, you know, not, we're still behind the chair, but, you know, to, to kind of do something um, different with that. And, and, and there's a part of me that kind of feels like we've missed out on something um, with that. But, you know, at the same time, you know, with, with the podcast, it, it tends to be our, I think, our perfect, like, uh, our perfect, like, point, you know, to, to do this. But, um, yeah, I'm just impressed that, you know, from a very early age and, 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 and for many years now that, um, that you've been able to reach so many people. And, 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 and I stand or uh, literally sitting, but, you know, I sit here in all of you, Gino. Well, thank and, and, you so much. And I appreciate that um, what you've given to the industry. And, and, and I think that your, uh, your DNA runs through this industry um, even, even when you don't see it. You know, I, like I told you the $700 story. Well, you know, I'm, when I've mentored uh, younger hairdressers, I've gone with that story. So, you know, even, even that's something that, 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 that you've given me that I was able to – as, as simple and silly as that is, you know. And you know, it, it's funny. That makes you better. You, you, then you really want to be more, do more, give more. Because you realize, I, I was on an airplane a couple of weeks ago. And uh, uh, I saw a guy a couple seats up. And I knew I knew him. And he looked at me and he was like, oh, my God, it's Gino Stampor. And he, he waited getting off the plane. I said, I have to run. I'm in Atlanta and I'm in A terminal. I have to get to E terminal. I only have it. He goes, please, just a photo. I said, quick. And we took a photo. He told me who he was. He, he gave me his card and he said, I've never, ever forgotten you in beauty school. And I got home, and I got his card out, and I got a couple sets of my CDs, and I autographed them to him, and I sent them to him. And he just sent me an email saying, I, I don't even know how to thank you and what you... And I said, you'll never know how much that night meant to me and the fact that you've never forgotten. And maybe I was helpful in some way uh, to make you be outstanding representation of the beauty industry. Here's what I think you want to be careful of. Uh, there's really nothing to resent or, or regret or wonder what you missed. You didn't miss it. You're uh, look what you're doing now. I mean, this 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 podcast is wonderful and and great advice for those that can grab onto it. And what a great method opportunity for somebody to like you said have an hour on an or like you said have an hour on an airplane and and put on a podcast and listen to your people talk about what you could do to be better at what you do. So you're making a a major contribution with your day off. I mean, wait until it really kicks and people really get it. And you got to be careful sometimes that was I not in the right place at the right time. You know, I had an opportunity to work in Europe some years ago, and I and I, I developed a great friendship with a, with a Dutch man named Hans Lehmann. Wonderful, wonderful man, very meant to be. And we're in the car, we're driving down the only big highway in Holland, north to south, and we're all the way in the left lane. And I said, he said something, and I said, Hans, everything happens for a reason. And he slammed the brakes on, went all the way over five lanes, pulled on the shoulder, parked the car, shut it off, and he said, never think that. Some things happen for a reason. Some things just happen that are so unexplainable, don't even look into them. And I never forgot that 
moment that he shared with me and thought to myself, I'll no longer go through that. Like, why did this happen? Everything happened. Now I just say, if, if, it, if it happened for a reason, good. And if it didn't, let it go and, and move on, you know, move into what's next. So you don't start to fill your mind with, with uh, stuff that, 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 that's going to take the place of where good stuff could go. Right. Yeah. yeah. We actually, uh, God, I don't know if I want to go here. Uh, Tony, I just yesterday, I think it was, yeah, definitely yesterday. Yesterday we were talking about, you know, I'm both afraid. Of, I know. <laughs> I am too, kind of. Um, that, you know, both of us have uh, turned the TV off. Like, we don't listen to the news anymore. We don't listen. And, and, and for us, it's because, you know, we, we try to stay in creative space with the podcast. I mean, the podcast takes up a lot of time. Not that I'm complaining because I, I, I love it. But, you know, it just takes up a lot of time. And, and whenever we kind of get stuck into, like, politics and stuff like that, like, it gets stuck in the brain. But it's not even, you can't even turn it off. You know, it, it yes. stays there for a couple hours. Yes. And, and it, it, take, it takes real, real effort to turn that off. So um, Yeah, because, I mean, like, because I was telling him yesterday, I, I'm, I totally disconnect from all that because, you know, I want to stay in a, in a space where, you know, we're around just positive people, people that, you know, I, and I tell my kids, you know, you can only control what's around you. So, you know, how you behave and how you act uh, affects the people around you. And that's what you're responsible for. You can't, you know, worry about uh, other people in the sense of you know that you can't make change you know you can only, you can make change in your circle and your and what you touch and that's mm-hmm. that's a huge difference than uh, trying to worry about something that you have no control of. Yeah, uh, maybe a great closing story, but uh, I'm sure some of your listeners, and I, I think you guys are familiar with Yosh Toya, uh, Yosh, the famous hairdresser, probably mm-hmm. one of the most decorated hairdressers in the world. He used to ask me all, he's retired now and travels, here's his goal in retirement, retired salon owner, hairdresser. He wants to to speak in a thousand beauty schools all over the world, and he wants to fish in a thousand lakes. And he sends me postcards. He sent me one postcard and he says, I'm having trouble competing with the locals. And he's in Alaska and he's fishing for salmon and the bears are just knocking him out of the water. <laughs> Interestingly enough, y- Yosh and I developed a... Don't compete with the bears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All you have to do is go to Minnesota to fish in a thousand lakes. You've got it. You've got it. Yeah. Oh, what a great thought. And uh, we're having a conversation one day and, he, and I was getting ready to give him uh, an award that he had won. Maybe the Naha... Uh, leadership award however backstage he said to me you know uh, he had a japanese accent gino I'm, I'm i'm so glad that you give me this award and we're talking and i said you know why me why he said because you love beauty big heart and you always talk good all things good and i went home and i wrote that down with pink post-it and it sits in the center of my esteemed bulletin board on my on my office wall all things good and i often share with with beauty professionals just like kind of you did with your children and and we have to with everyone could you be known for all things good there's a lot of bad stories and a lot of bad people and a lot of bad going on and a lot of people that that you want to disconnect as quickly as you connected at times and a lot of rumors and a lot of people say stuff and you know i used to say to my children all the time never forget the three sides to a story your side my side and the truth and that can change all the time and when you're talking about like right now when i was driving up i had npr on and i'm listening to a couple of the commercials and i'm trying to think about who to vote for and i'm so confused because they're all terrible they all <laughs> <laughs> they all do bad things. I mean, I'm like, what? What am I going to do here? You know, it's right. t- time to vote. And, and, and you know, we've, we've got. A, it seems like Congress is filled with with liars and idiots because every time you see the news or see see a commercial, but there's magic to be known for all things good. To see the good in each other, to see the good in people, and to only share what's good. I want to walk out of here and have 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 students say, I I feel better having met him. You know, that's the key to life. What a way to end the I podcast. think that's a way to end. I totally see a shirt that says, all things good. Oh, I love yep. it. What a great idea. You know what? Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. I'm totally stealing that. Well, make it. Let's, <laughs> you can, can see get, it on my website. Can we make it a mutual? Make <laughs> Absolutely. Mr. Gino Stampor, once again, I mean, I can't thank you enough, one, that, well, we finally made this happen. I mean, it took yeah. us a few months, but. um, Much respect. Much love. 
Yeah. It is so my pleasure. And and I hope we get a chance to do it again. I value both of you and what you're doing, taking time out of your life to make this happen and share, you know, good and important messages. It's it's been an honor to be here and sit at this table with both of you. It really has. Well, Gino, I shook your hand coming in the door. I'm gonna give you a hug on the way out. You got it. But Gino Stampore, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find... Actually, you can. You can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. Peace and hair grease.